All right, good morning. Welcome to the Peace Week Podcast. Nobody. Uh, some random guy in the middle of nobody. That's a great way to start your fucking week right there. Some random guy in the middle of nowhere. All right, well, there you go. Um, off to a great start today. Uh, no Friday show this past week. I had uh, some family obligations. New family member was born, um, so Friday I had no commute to work, so no podcast. One day I'll get into doing a podcast while I'm not in the car, as of right now. However, strictly, strictly in the car to to work and sometimes from work. So um, it is foggy as shit this morning, but uh, a beautiful morning here in the middle of nowhere. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, so not much going on this weekend. I, uh, like I said, it was as busy as shit. Uh, I'm waiting for this child to be born, watching my own kids. Um, Friday was nice, it was like a vacation day. Uh, spent all day with the kids um, at my in law's apartment, just kind of hung out, waiting for news to come, which never did. Kid didn't, was not born on Friday. And then Saturday was just like, it, it was, we were ready to kill each other. So that was not so much vacation. It was very much work the second day. But whatever. I don't spend nearly enough time with them. Not because I neglect them, but because, you know, with work and getting home late and shit. It was nice to have kind of two days, just three of us. Uh, even if... But, I mean, you know, those tribulations is what comes with having kids. So I can't, I can't fucking complain. And the kid was born on a Saturday afternoon. Happy, healthy little baby boy. Uh, so all is good there. Mom and baby are doing fine. Went to go see them yesterday on the way out. Um, and then stopped in the Bronx for a nice dish of pasta on the way home. Sunday afternoon, treated, our, treated ourselves to uh, Amelia's on Arthur Avenue. It's a fantastic little restaurant. Um, so that was my weekend. We'll talk a little bit. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about football. Uh, Giants win yesterday. Mike McCarthy watches over. He's been fired uh, finally. So we'll maybe get into that a little bit. I watched a little college football on Saturday. There was a moment on Saturday afternoon where my daughter had fallen asleep. And my and my son was uh, was uh, dropping his deuce <laughs> and and I had peace and quiet for three minutes. It was. Brilliant. I just watched a little bit of that, uh, what was it, Texas game. Texas who? Who the fuck do they play? They lost to them. Not Georgia. See? Uh, Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, the Red, the Red River shootout there. Um, and I had three minutes apiece, and it was just glorious. It's glorious. You know, you live for those moments. I remember I texted my wife, asked how things were going, and I told her that everything at the house was peaceful, and she was just like, oh, take, take advantage, enjoy it. So I guess they are rare. She treated it like it was fucking gold. So the one thing, excuse me, the one thing I did want to get into was um, I spent a little too much time in the past week or so delving into this whole uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer quote unquote controversy. I spent way too much time on Twitter following and seeing what people were saying about 
Rudolph. Uh, mostly because in the aftermath of it, Santa gets bashed, the head elf gets bashed. I'm going to talk about Rudolph right now like you memorized the movie front to, front to back, kind of like I did. So I love this movie. It's a great movie. I'm not going to argue one way or the other. I'm just going to point out what I saw. All right. I might argue a little bit, but I'm just going to point out what I saw this weekend or this past week. So you get one side that comes out one side. See, I hate this. I hate doing that. But there's a group of people out there who have complained about Santa being an asshole, Donner being an asshole, Comet being a shitty coach, the head elf being an asshole, all this kind of stuff. Okay. Now, watch this movie for years from the time I was, you know, four until the time I was 30 till now. I haven't watched this year yet, actually, but... Uh, having wa- I pretty much watched it. I haven't, there's, I'm sure, sure there's a few years in there where I was not very fond of Christmas, and I didn't watch it. Um, I just to be honest with you, my fa- when my father was really sick during Christmas for a couple years, uh, and then he died, and then it kind of took a little of the joy out of Christmas for it. I didn't really celebrate Christmas uh, as heartily for a few years there. Um, when I finally did get back into it, of course, Rudolph was there waiting for me. And at this point in my life, I, <laughs> I was smoked weed. So uh, you watch Rudolph when you're baked, you come away with a much different uh, point of view than maybe as ch- through a child's eyes. And yeah, Santa's an a- Santa comes out. All right, I'm not, not going to call him an asshole, but he comes across as an asshole. The head elf comes across as kind of an asshole. Donna doesn't seem like a great father. It's Rudolph's father and Comet. Um, not a great, not a great role model. It seems you know outside looking in. But who are we? This is, you know, the North Pole has been running pretty smoothly for a very long time. You know, Santa's a thousand and something years old. So, and this is one, this is one lead up to the Christmas, um, to the Christmas holiday that that we're kind of getting a, a bird's eye view of, right? So, look, my view is this. Santa's got a, this large operation he's got to run. Okay, he, he, he has this very, very serious deadline. He's got to get out of there. He's got to get out of there on Christmas Eve. Otherwise, he's fucked, right? So, if he's short with people, tough, tough shit. That's just how you got to run a business. He's a hard-hearted guy, I guess, a little bit in December. You know, he hasn't made his weight yet. Mrs. Claus is all over him to make weight and to be... And she's doing a good, you know, she's doing a good job trying to be a good influence on him, trying to get him to, to cheer up a little bit. But he's got a lot of fucking pressure. He's got more pressure uh, than you or I could ever imagine. I mean, I have deadlines, but not like that. Not like that. I mean, every good boy and girl all over the world gets toys. Like, I don't, that's fucking crazy, man. That's, you know, I'm just talking about I got to get shit done by about 4.30 sometimes. You know, these minor deadlines. And it is not on the scale like that. So, for you to come after Santa for being an asshole when he's just trying to get shit done before Christmas, I think is a little short-shotted of you. So you get this whole side coming out. I guess Huffington Post did something calling out. I guess it was even deeper than that because I read stuff that they were saying was misogyn- uh, misogynistic. It was homophobic, which I don't understand that. How could it be homophobic when, you know... Uh, I didn't know what any of these characters were gay. And you could say Hermes gay. But again, that's through a much different lens than you're really... You know, let Hermie be Hermie, all right? That's all. So, 
Um, so they're coming out and they're kind of attacking Rudolph. My view is exactly that. Like, look, they in the end, everybody overcame everything. Okay, Hermie and Rudolph. They were better men for it because uh, they grew stronger. They went on their own. They went on a little of a of a soul journey, a soul search through the wilderness. Uh, they overcame odds, and Clarice too. I mean, she went after him. She got some balls, that girl. Ride or die, right there, man, Clarice. They had some danger, some adventures, and not only that, they brought back, they brought back the abominable snow monster who had these terrible toothaches, and they, and they made him a better person for it too. And everybody learned their lesson in the end, and they, and Rudolph saved Christmas, and that's it. That's, that's what happened. Okay. Again, Santa's leadership style. Maybe you don't like it. Well, tough. Maybe the North Pole's not for you. You get like ten months of fucking vacation. All right, and two months of putting putting it down to the grind. Eighteen-hour days. All right. You ever work in a movie before? You ever work on construction site? Okay. These things are difficult, and it comes. It's a bunch of people coming together, working really hard. Uh, and not the best conditions necessarily. But in the end, there's a big fucking party. And everybody's happy because you, in the end, you fucking did it. Maybe it's not a big party in the construction world. <laughs> in the movie world, though, you had a nice rap party. So, so that's one side. Then I get the other side of the argument is, is all these people coming at... Now... I don't, see, I don't like this at all, but they demonize and people who are coming at anybody who has said anything negative about Rudolph basically is coming at liberals and Hillary. It's insane to see how this becomes a political thing so quickly. Or so um, seamlessly becomes a political thing because it was an article in Huffington Post that spurred us all off. Oh, you liberals ruin everything. You snowflakes, you pussies, you bitches, you pansies, you faggots, this and that. Every fucking thing in the in the book gets thrown at him. You fucking try and ruin everything, you fucks. You pieces of shit. You assholes. You bitches. You cucks. It all comes out. It all comes out. One of the fucking lessons of the fucking movie you're defending is that name calling is bad, you shitheads. <laughs> you fucking idiots. It's lost on you. You cannot defend this movie. If all you're doing is trampling on the very idea of name-calling is a shitty thing to do. And I understand I just did that. I was tongue-in-cheek, all right? I understand I just called them idiots. I think, for, for the record, I think it's a kid's movie, and I think it's a lovely kid's movie. I'm not taking many lessons. I'm not taking, as a 36-year-old, any lessons that I, that I seriously need, okay? Yes, name-calling is shitty. Yes, it's shitty to, to um, attack people you don't like or understand. Yes, it's shitty to treat people um, in, in, in poor ways just because you don't like uh, the way they look or something like that or something along those lines, right? You got to stop that. It's a bad crutch or something like that. It's a bad crutch, all right? Lesson learned. But these people are coming at and again, they just turn it around to a liberal conservative thing. 
And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me to see how that just becomes a political thing so quickly. But in 2018, people are just, people just bleed fucking their political party's blood, which is insane. It's fucking insane way to live. Okay? You can't live your life as a, as a political party. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. It's a fucking shitty way to live, man. You can't live your life like a fucking political party. Okay? You go around wearing a fucking hat, a MAGA hat, all right, like it's a fucking Yankee hat, and it's your favorite fucking team, and then they can't lose because you wear that hat. So they can't do any wrong. No, man, bullshit. Bullshit. Politics is a dirty game, and you're a dirty fuck if either way, I don't give a shit what side you're on. Now, if you're in politics, that's one thing. But if you're just some Joe on his way to work in the middle of nowhere, and you have a fucking bumper sticker, and you're ride or die with whatever party that is, no matter what, you're a shithead. And if you make every little fucking thing that comes out into me versus you, Trump versus Hillary, fucking showdown, you're a fucking shithead and an idiot. And fucking, you probably have no, you have no sense to, to think of things on your own outside of these fucking party lines. Oh, you fucking babies and the liberal par- liberals, you fucking ruin everything. Yeah, well, then, why are you taking this beloved Christmas movie that teaches to be nice to everybody? That teaches us to accept and love those that we don't understand and welcome them into our families. Why are you, why are you calling these people motherfuckers and bitches and cucks? I don't understand that. At all. If you could defend the movie's principles, then you can fucking act as if. So I spent way too much time on that Rudolph thing this week. It's crazy. I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't go down very many Twitter holes because uh, it's a waste of time. This was, this was that. But again, the Rudolph thing, like I said, for, for years I've been thinking like tongue-in-cheek yeah, wow, Santa, really kind of a prick in the lead-up. But, again, he's got a lot of fucking pressure. He's in charge of, I don't know, hundreds of elves. He's got to get these reindeer ready to go. There's a lot to, you saw the, the Santa Claus? Tim Allen didn't take that position with glee. No, man. This is very fucking stressful. And then you go, you go to a fuck you go to... You go to any goddamn mall the week leading up to Christmas, and you you find people who are jolly and gleeful and skipping around the fucking mall doing their shopping list. They gotta fucking buy for twelve people. Santa Claus has to go around the fucking world. Cut him some slack. Jesus, coming at Santa. How fucking dare you? You're all getting fucking coal in your fucking stockings. Piece of shit. If Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the film, is your moral compass, then maybe you didn't. Maybe maybe you should rethink your adulthood a little bit. And if you're coming to the defense of Rudolph because he's such a great moral compass, and you're being an asshole when you're doing it, then maybe you should rethink your fucking adulthood. You're fucking hypocrites. You're idiots, all of you, and you're disingenuous fucks. Because it's just a matter of 
It's just a matter of fighting somebody. It's just a matter of... It's just a matter of uh, defending a political party or a way of life or your own fucking comfort zone. I don't know what the fuck it is, man. It's a fucking great kids movie. And in the end, all triumph. Everybody triumphs in the end. They're singing to Holly Jolly Christmas. And so should you fucks. Instead of fucking arguing about it, you put on a fucking Santa hat, jingle some bells, have some fucking eggnog, call it a fucking holiday. Let's go. I'm almost to the fucking train. I spent the whole goddamn time on Rudolph. But, as you can tell, I feel very fucking passionate about it. Alright, so. A couple great calls from the weekend. Um, A couple of my favorite plays from the weekend. I'm going to give them to you. And they both come from college football. Because yesterday I was uh, all around. I I listened to more football on the radio. I got home for... uh, I saw some of the second quarter of the Pittsburgh... Chargers game did not see the comeback. Um, so I watched more college football than I did NFL this weekend, which is a rarity for me. This is probably the first time in I don't know, 20 years. I don't know the last time I watched that much college football. Um, so I don't remember the exact uh, part of the game, but I think it was like Oklahoma was up three. Um, and I was rooting for Texas because I just like the, the kicker. I like Dicker the kicker. I like hearing Gus Johnson go, Dicker the kicker. And that's it. That's the only reason. He had a big kick on the road earlier this year to win a game. Uh, and I've been a fan of Texas ever since for no other reason than that. That was my adopted team this year. Um, so there, I think Oklahoma was up three. And uh, Texas was pinned down the goal line. And they called a, a cornerback blitz, which is one of my favorite plays. It's risky, but when it pays off, it's beautiful. This guy nailed it. It was perfect. And um, cornerback blitz for safety, even better. So worth the risk. That was a good. That was the good risk. That was a good risk. Now, I'm sure people. I'm sure been talking about this, but uh, who's a Georgia Georgia coach's name? Kirby something. For whatever the fuck reason, with like three minutes left in the game, uh, fourth and eleven decides to fake punt. That was not a risk worth taking. That was as bad a call as I've ever seen in football. I I don't understand it. That made no sense. It was, it was amazing. It was just, it was amazing to me. And how great was it to see Jalen Hurts? Look, I, I don't follow Contraville closely enough, but uh, that, that Jalen Hurts story um, where he came back, uh, where he, he, was, he was the one that was benched. I didn't know that he was benched last year. I forgot that was him. But uh, he was benched last year. Um, in favor of the kid Tua, and then Tua came back, and he won uh, the starting job this year, and he led Alabama undefeated through three quarters, uh, through the season and three quarters of this game. And then uh, Jalen Hurts comes in and leads the team back. And he looked good, man. Threw for a TD, ran for a TD. He looked great, and that was just, um, it was very cool to watch. It was very cool to see. Even as, like I said, even as a, as a college football fan who's not, or as a football fan who's not a college football fan by any stretch, Imagination. That was very cool. I'm just, you know, you get you get lucky when when you're not a, when you're not a fan of uh, you're not a diehard. You're not like watching all these games, and you kind of just tune in and you catch a game like that. 
you feel very lucky, you know. You don't you don't deserve it. The people who put in the time who were watching from you know the last weekend in August on, <laughs> those are the guys that deserve to watch that game. Me, I just got lucky, watched it, and it was great. Uh, the other thing on a Saturday night heavyweight championship fight, which um, I was at my in-laws' house, so we didn't order it. I found a way to to, to kind of watch six rounds or so of it. Um, and it was, yeah, you got to wait, man. I'm coming in. There's people behind me and shit. Oh, fuck. These fucking people. No, man, this is my, this is my fucking parking lot, motherfucker. You fucking, nobody comes the way you just came, you dick. The fuck. Fucking assholes. Um, so. Sorry. Just got, got a little, just got a little, uh, possessive over my fucking this guy's come the wrong way. So, um, that Wilder Fury fight was fucking crazy. Fury was mocking the whole time. I mean, everybody had Fury winning the fight. Because I, didn't, I wasn't able to watch close enough. I saw like six rounds of it or so, but I wasn't able to watch close enough. Um, so it was tough to, tough to really quote unquote score the fight. Not, not that I could fucking score a fight anyway, but, um, it looked like everybody had Fury. Although I did see a few people had Wilder. And Wilder did not come down twice. And one of them was on a sick one, two in the 12th round. Put him down, and I, and I like it looked like he was down. I don't know if he was just milking it, um, but he popped right up, came back, and uh, it was a draw. Which whatever. It, if you still complain about boxing being shitty out there, and you're still fucking watching it, just stop fucking watching it. All right, I don't give a shit. It's boxing. You got to take the crooked shit with the good shit. Okay, we saw some. You saw an exciting fight. You got a stupid ass decision. That's boxing. Okay, just fucking take it. Don't watch. And then I realized that um, Fury and Wilder was perfect for what this sport needs right now because Klitschko couldn't his Klitschko's reign as heavyweight champ couldn't come at a worse time for boxing. He was the most boring heavyweight champ in the history of boxing, and it came at a time when UFC was kind of picking up steam. So nobody wanted to watch heavyweight fights anymore. And had Mayweather, who was who was a great boxer, he was the other big name. Who was but he's a defensive boxer. Nobody wants to watch a guy bob and weave. Um, he was also kind of a boring champ. I mean, he talked, he ran his mouth, which was, I guess, fun. Um, but he was boring to watch him kind of, you know, bob and weave. But he's, you know, there was some, you know, the Pacquiao stuff was good. The Marquez stuff was good. If you weren't watching, you weren't watching. It's tough, but um, you need a good heavyweight. And Wilder Fury, you're going to get two more of these fights, I think. I hope. I hope you can get two more of these fights because that one was exciting. That was fun. And Wilder is a free puncher. He's quick, man. He's quicker than Fury. Like I said, I was the, what I watched, he was t- kind of later in the fight. Um, quicker than Fury. But I don't know if that's just because it was later in the fight and he's a little bit younger. Um, Fury, Tyson Fury overcame some odds, man. You know, he's mental mental illness, mental disorder. He was an alcoholic. He was drunk uh, for a couple of years. He ballooned to, you know, 350 pounds, something crazy. He got back down to weight and, uh, you know, he looked great, man. It was great to see him back back in the ring um, in, in an exciting fight. So um, so that's it for me, man. I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to catch my train. This has been a Catch... A, uh, see, I don't want to do that. This has been a Catch-22 podcast with uh, random Schmell in the middle of nowhere. And uh, now I'm off to work. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, that's great. If not, you go fuck yourself. Have a great fucking day. Don't take any shit from anybody. Talk to you tomorrow.